0: It's all about you. Wow, wow, wow. Welcome everybody to Jay Nolan Coaching Women's Empowerment Week. I'm so excited about our guest today. It's gonna be a fabulous show. This is all about everything being confidence related and with confidence, we wanna empower the ladies to take their life, take their game to the next level. There's so much incredible things inside of you, ladies. We want more of it to come out. We think there's a story in each and every woman that needs to be shared with the world, no matter where you're from, no matter what your background. And so, our guest today, I've been so blown away by her story, Miss Noelle Palmer. You guys are in for a great treat. Now, here's how I got connected with Noelle it was just by chance. This is why I love social media. Back in, let me see, it was June. June the 17th, 2020, there was this unique post that came up. It was a post with Noelle and her son. And it really grabbed a lot of attention. And what I noticed that Noelle, she opened up her story. I'm going to read you from her words. She says, I have been hesitant. I've been hesitant to talk about my son through all of this. So everybody remembers all the protests going on all the things dealing with racial inequality, and it brought up a lot of pains in everybody. That When we were talking about the George Floyd story and how that kind of swept across the world, she put up a picture of her son, Noel being white and her adopted son being black, and she said, I did not want to use his blackness as a platform. And then she talks about her story being an adoptive mother. Now, I want y'all to listen to this before I bring Noel on. Since she posted that story, which you're talking about less than six months ago, Noelle has had 102,000 likes, loves on that post on Facebook. She's had 21,000 comments and 139,000 shares. That means 139,000 people have shared this story. Noelle. What in the heck happened and what created all this? And why did you do it? Let's talk to our viewers today.
1: Why did I do it? Um, you know, I think that was just a really emotional time for me, uh, for my city, Minneapolis. Um, and... I just felt like I couldn't be silent any longer. And I posted my story with hopes that some folks would resonate with my experiences. Uh, You know, I was writing it for people I knew. um, So people who know me uh, would know sort of my heart behind that story or the stories that I shared. And I really, I posted it because I, I was hoping to impact hearts and minds and change some thinking around such an important issue of how black and brown men are viewed in society. And um, I don't know, it was just, it was purely out of of emotion, I think. I, I remember speaking with a friend a couple days before that. And I was saying, it's just on my heart to do something. I know I'm supposed to do something. And I was trying to figure it out. And I said, I just can't force it. I just need to let it happen. And one morning it just, you know, I, I was grappling with using my son's stories and I, I just decided this is, this is what I got to do. And I sat down and I wrote it and posted it. And (laughs) the rest is history.
0: It's Been kind of a whirlwind since then. I mean, you know, you've got several different media outlets has reached out to you. And I think that's what this empowerment week is all about. Noelle says she has something in her heart. She decided to share it. I believe Noelle, so many women have things on their heart that they could share that they're keeping in their hearts and they're not getting out there. What kind of encouragement could you give to these ladies out there that have these messages that might resonate from different areas?
1: You know, I just think women are so special and so unique. Um, I remember when I was uh, in my master's program learning about human development and how you know people find their worth and their identity. And there was an, an author and a theorist, Carol Gilligan, who, um, was really the only female voice, uh, during that time. And, and she was working with big folks like Eric Erickson on human development. And she said, you know, this stuff is all great, but it's missing the female voice. Mm. And her point was women so often find their own personal passions and their own personal motivation and their own personal sense of meaning and purpose through their ability to care for one another and through the quality of care that they provide. And I feel like, I mean, I'm not saying men aren't like that too, but I feel like there's something very special and unique about a woman. um, And, and what's on the woman's heart. And I think that women have a voice and what they present is invaluable.
0: I I think it, I think it couldn't have been said better. And you know what? I know that the work that you do is phenomenal. And I want to say hello to, I know we got comments coming in. Everybody's excited. Make sure you guys do us a favor. Share this with at least five other women that you know need some encouragement, that need some empowerment. They need to hear Noelle's story and what she's bringing to the table. So thank you guys for commenting. Noelle, tell us about your background. What do you do for work? How'd you get in that work? Let folks know a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, currently I'm a licensed mental health professional and I work for the county here and I work with our emergency mental health uh, crisis teams uh, working to be available for children and adults who are experiencing a mental health crisis. And as you can imagine, um, it's been a really rough year. Uh, we've uh our, our call volume has increased tremendously this year. Um, people are really, really struggling with everything that's going on, and so we're those people that are on the phone when you call, and and we talk with you, and and. It, whether it's it's I'm I'm in my apartment alone and I'm isolated and I'm lonely and I feel depressed all the way up to I'm feeling like I want to die, you know, take my life today. Um, you know, we're we're there to kind of uh, be available for all of these uh, mental health crises.
0: Wow. So you're talking about I mean, everybody needs to hear this we have a professional dealing with mental health crisis and what i heard you say noel is that since this pandemic has started this 2020 has been crazy to say the least everything has got ramped up to the next level you've seen that personally
1: oh for sure for sure and i you know i think it even i mean it certainly started with the pandemic um and you know we serve the 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 minneapolis community and greater you know the greater Greater community here, and and so uh, with the events following the murder of George Floyd, uh, it, it it spiked even more. Um, and then there's more challenges too because of the pandemic. Um, we're not going out into the community face-to-face with people like we used to do. So we've had to get creative and uh, uh, develop a telehealth option where we can talk face-to-face with someone or if that individual prefers a little bit more comfort in their anonymity, we can do it right over the telephone. Um, and so there's there's so much going on. Um, and then we have the, com- the complexity of having to change up how we do things and, and being restricted to, to working over the phone or over the computer with folks.
0: Right? Well, guess what? I believe then this platform that I put together, Well, we're talking about the root being confidence, well, a lot of these folks that are calling you, they must be struggling deeply with confidence. How do you feel about our subject, our, our passion, our mission, about raising people's confidence and giving them the tools to do so? Noel?
1: You know, it was interesting when you were first saying confidence, I was hearing competence, right? And I was like, <laughs> competence, confidence. And I really think they go hand in hand. Um, I yes. know in my own personal journey, Um, you know, I'm a little bit older than maybe you would imagine, but I was, uh, going to college and starting out my career in the, in the mid eighties. And at that time I was pursuing, um, uh, the ministry and I was in youth ministry and that was a time when there weren't any women, uh, Mm. doing this. If you, if you went to a big youth rally or some gathering or whatever, it was like, the women were the ones handing out the music books. Like Mm. there weren't women that were leading this. And I was the only female in my program. And, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was a challenge. And, and the, you know, the leadership that I was with uh, and the people that I was training with were wonderful, but there was still that, that undertow bias. And I'm not even sure that they realized that they carried that bias. Uh, Mm. And I remember one time um, the, the, individual in charge of the program told me straight up told me you will never be successful without a strong male sidekick. And, and that struck to the core of my level of competence, Mm. which then affected my confidence. And I, I struggled with that for a lot um, then there's that other part of me that's like, well, you tell me I can't do it. I'll show you I can do it. So I continue to pursue it. Uh, and I I did have some very, very many successful years uh, doing what I did in youth ministry. Um, but there was always that, that thing in the back of my head that nagged at me like you're not enough or you need. That strong male sidekick for you to be considered successful, um, and so I think it was a lot of years of me really being able to embrace that that feedback that was coming to me about my level of competence, and I had to embrace my own competence before I had that confidence.
0: Man, um, see, this is I, into the core.
1: Mm-hmm hmm. This is into the core. Well, you,
0: you hit me in the core right now. And I was hitting a bunch of other people. See the comments coming in. You're doing awesome.
1: Hmm. Well, and I think that this is true for a lot of women, at least from my generation. Um, but I do know that even to this day, uh, there is a lot of bias that people have we've been talking a lot about implicit bias especially when we consider uh, the racial bias that we uh, as individuals have and I think that it's there as well uh, related to women and there's there's a sense that that there it, it, I don't know if it's if it's a different way that we judge the skills of women or that we're comparing women to the performance of men and we see it differently. Therefore we equate it as not as good or I, I don't know what it is, but it, but it's still there.
0: That's um, there. You know, and, and you know what I've done, what I've done as a, as a life confidence coach and an NLP practitioner studying how the subconscious mind works. And I know you being a, a, a mental professional, mental health professional, by the time a person's seven years old, people didn't have any uh, choice on who influenced them, what got put into them. So I believe a lot of these things that are carried today happens from what happened when people didn't have a choice. And I'm sure you deal with that all the time, Noel.
1: Yeah, I really do. I, and I do think that it's a real source of anxiety that folks have. Mm. I mean, when you think of what anxiety really is, it's uh, disempowerment. Um, And then you add into that a person might have a history of trauma or have a history of neglect or have have different histories that impact them. And that and that is also disempowering. Right. Um, Oftentimes when I'm working with parents, for example, and their children who have anxiety or trauma responses and they have these complete meltdowns because I don't know the parent tried to take away their iPad or something like that. And the parent is calling like, what is wrong with, you know, taking away the iPad, this is complete meltdown. And, and the more we talk about things, it it becomes really evident that, that everything that's going on with this child has to do with the fact of feeling disempowered. Hmm. And when somebody feels disempowered, what do they do? They fight not to be disempowered. They fight to be empowered. Um, right. But we don't always know how to do that, obviously, as children. And then we grow as adults and we have these anxious moments or moments of anxiety or these experiences of feeling disempowered. And, um, you know, well, I could go on about this, but I think <laughs> for for women, um, there's there's a lot of messages it's so interesting there's a lot of messages that are disempowering to women but at the Mm -hmm. same time the expectations placed on women are Mm -hmm. are so much more than they they used to be right Mm -hmm. work full-time uh Mm -hmm. care for the children full-time um oftentimes uh take care of the home full-time if you're you know you're a single parent or the the expectations are so high and yet we're not empowering women so there's something off there.
0: Got to do something about that. That's what I'm doing. I want everybody to make sure you understand and how, how important I think this is, is to have men, what I call real men, step up to the plate and help to fill these gaps. And so I've created this platform. I want everyone to hear what Noelle said. Competence leads to competence. When I hear competence, Noelle, They got to have tools, got to have resources. And so my platform is all about tools and resources. As a matter of fact, I'm doing a training December the 12th, this Saturday, December the 12th. And if you're listening to the uh, rebroadcast of this past December the 12th, you can be able to pick it up on our platform that's been recorded. It's all about confidence. I call this, Noel, confidence base camp. And I look at confidence as being like going up the Himalayan mountains, For most people, they're like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to be completely confident? What about these women out here that's been disempowered? Well, at the base camp is where you get all your tools to be able to get up the mountain. And I'm going to be soliciting different powerhouse women as we build this platform out. And I'm going to have an entire section believe it or not, dedicated to women empowerment. Now, what's one of those first steps? Get the book. I got a book called 365 Quotes to Make You Better. It's on Amazon, less than 20 bucks. If you get the Kindles, less than 10 bucks. Simple. For a $395 training that I'm doing, that I charge for that training, if anybody gets that book, I'm gonna let them in the training for you. you. Wanna know why? I wanna kick off going into 2021, Noel, with more tools, more empowerment. So I'm excited to offer that. And I'm excited to have somebody like you that I'm going to be reaching out to going, hey, can you have some input on this and input on that? How do you feel about that? Me reaching out to you or to other women asking for that input from a man's perspective to help empower women. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, you know, I think even the most well-intentioned, uh, knowledgeable man um, can can really have a, a grip and an understanding. But I really think that it is that female's voice, that female um, heart, that female, you know, so so for you to say, I wanna reach out to women, what that tells me is that you know, as a man, yes. there's a part that you're not gonna get because you're
0: a man. Right, that's right. Well, you know what's amazing is, and, and I've got a new book coming out about this female empowerment. I've got a, a video series I'm putting out but my grandmother, you see, when I look back over my life, that major staple, my grandmother, Adam A. Nolan being strong, some of my early mentors, most of them were women, strong women, and they had that touch of softness that really helped me. So I want to really be able to you know, bring a spotlight to that and, and focus that. So this week is so critical, this Women's Empowerment Week. And Noelle, you're a powerhouse woman. I'm so proud to be able to get to know you. Just in just kind of get things closed up. Tell us a little bit about the story of your son. You know, I think that will empower some people who might have, you know, multicultural backgrounds and things like that. How can you empower some people in that way?
1: Hmm. Okay, so narrow that question down for me a little bit because... As soon as you said, tell us the story of your son, that just, you know, there's a lot there. Um,
0: So you adopted him when and what did you see happen? So being a white lady who adopted a black son, why did you want to do that? And then what was your experience through that course that led you up to this platform of you speaking out now?
1: Well, as I think you will hear a lot of parents say, you know, my children, they, they, they broke me, <laughs> they humbled me, they, they brought me back down. And, and I feel like, you know, I had the best heart and the best intention when I made the choice to adopt. I, I don't know how to explain it. It, it. It's something that has been with me my whole life. Uh, you know, when I was younger, and my friends would talk about they can't wait till they have babies and stuff in the back of my mind. I was thinking, I want to adopt, I want to adopt. So it's always been this passion of mine and, and the system at the time, be it what it was and, and, and in a way what it continues to be, um, doesn't always fully prepare our, our adoptive parents. And, um, especially when it comes to the transracial piece. So, so part of it is, and and this is interesting too, because it's kind of the story of my life. I kind of went into it a little blind, um you know your heart is so big and it covers up what you're gonna see and and in a lot of ways that's why i've moved in life i I, because i haven't thought about uh the barriers i i just Mm -hmm. did i followed my heart and and so that's how i did it with adoption i mean i was i was single when i made that choice to uh, adopt and um i was a single mom and and half of me half of uh, Half of me did not know what I was doing. Um, and I was definitely not prepared for a lot of the the challenges that come from children who have a history of disruptions and neglect and maltreatment. Um, I certainly was not prepared for that um, from an education perspective. Um, but but then you you're you're in it right? You're in it and, and you figure it out and you do it. And I I don't think I'm any different than any other parent where you look back and you think, gosh, I wish I would have done that differently. Or gosh, I wish I would have done that differently. And, and, and I really, it, it, it was probably a lot of that, that has made me so passionate about what I do now. Um, when we, when we have families that are calling in crisis and, and it's a family formed through adoption, they're like, do, 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 transfer over it in a while, because that's <laughs> my passion. And, and a lot of these families are going through, uh, what, what is similar to what I went through. And I, I didn't have the help. I didn't have the mental health professionals who were adoptive competent, um, working with me. And so, now I'm adamant that we provide that for our families form through adoption. So I got off a of task here, but maybe it's sort of that you know we 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 move forward without really even knowing what we're doing, right? Um, right. But get in it, and women are resourceful, and mm-hmm. women are resilient, yes. and you figure it out. And I'm not too proud and not too full of ego to admit where my failures were and what I did wrong. And I learned from that. And I wanna be a resource for other parents and a support for other parents that might be struggling too.
0: It's hitting me all in the heart. I know this is hitting our viewers in the heart. What I heard is that not knowing you didn't stop at that. You went ahead and went through it because you felt your passion. So on the other side of your passion is going to be these blessings going to be this fulfillment that you probably wouldn't trade the fulfillment for the world, would you?
1: No, no. And I think that's a wonderful thing to think about because so often I think when we are in our own storms and in our own where we're really struggling, um, we, we're not thinking about that. We're not thinking about the fulfillment. We're not thinking about that payoff of, you know, knowing that, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, I'm, I'm so proud that my child didn't, you know, become some of the statistics that are out there for those kids, mm-hmm. right? But when you're in it, you don't always really think that way. And I think especially now when we think about how folks are struggling so hard um, <clears throat> dealing with, with the pandemic and the quarantine and all the unrest related to you know, politics and, and all the unrest related to uh, racial issues in this nation and, and everything else. I mean, people are really, really struggling. And um, out of all of this struggle, the thing that continues to blow me away is the resilience of people and what people are doing in response to these challenges that perhaps wouldn't have had we not had those challenges. Like I think of, you know, in that first week of unrest following the murder of George Floyd, every single day, thousands and thousands of folks on the streets cleaning up mess, handing out food, um, you know, trying to help folks find housing and, and and on a, on a level that I've not seen before um,
0: in this community.
1: So, you know, I, I'm going back to, I think sometimes it's in those most difficult times that we really do find out how strong we are and, and what we can do.
0: You know, and, and I want everybody to catch that point is that, let's focus on the great things. You know, a lot of folks were focusing on the riots and on the division, but who was focusing on the people handing out the water who was focusing on the, you know, the, the responders, who was focusing on the people that were volunteering and pitching in and opening up their houses and cooking meals. And that's the stuff that I want to do with the platform. I want to focus on all the great things. And today has been one of those great things. So I want everybody to get over to jnolancoaching.net, jnolancoaching.net. All these resources are there. We got free resources. We got books. We got uh, an incredible uh, confidence tones frequency system coming out to help people cope with some of these things that's going on. So, Noel, you've just been a blessing. I know you've touched so many hearts today. want to encourage you to stand, keep standing on that front line, fighting that fight. You've got a bunch of supporters here. You got a bunch of people rooting you on and we can't wait to reach out and talk to you more.
1: All right. Well, thanks for reaching out, Jay. And I appreciate as always, always the opportunity to talk with you.
0: All right, everyone have a great one. That's our show for today. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. It's all about you.